Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring Program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. Happy summer, guys. I feel like I'm saying that every week, but the fact is (laughs) we've had a long, long decade in the last year. (laughs) It's nice to, I don't know, be able to think about things that are coming up. My um, daughter and daughter-in-law and I have booked a trip uh, in the fall to St. Lucia, and we couldn't be more excited about that and thinking about traveling again and getting life back to normal. So I hope you're experiencing that as well. I want to remind you that I have moved my webinar format from every week to once a month. So rather than trying to do something every week, I'm doing a big thing once a month. It's the same length. It's still an hour long, but I'm packing basically the same content that I packed into four sessions over the series of one month, I'm packing them all into one session. So it's just jam-packed. You really get a lot for for your money, quote-unquote. It's free. And those are always on Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern. You do have to register. The topic is different every month. I've done interview masterclass. This last month was a job search masterclass. So to check out this month's topic, depending on when you're listening to this, just uh, check out the link in the show notes to... The site where you can see what's coming up and you can register. So I've talked a lot on this podcast about all the various aspects of interviewing, preparing for the interview, how to answer certain interview questions, how to deal with behavioral interview questions. Today I want to specifically talk about wrapping up the job interview and what what do you do after the interview. I get a lot of questions around this and uh, to be clear when I am coaching my clients one-on-one and I I wrap up the interview with them they never know these things that I'm going to teach you today so there's I think good content today as always I of course think they're always fantastic so let's talk about the close of the interview first so chances are you know you've you've been asked all the questions you've had an opportunity to ask the employer the questions that you wanted to ask And they may say something like, you know, is there anything else you want to tell us? Or they may just say, well, thank you for your time. So it's clearly the end of the interview. So the three things that you want to do at the end of each interview is, number one, thank them for their time. I want to thank you so much for for this interview. And then restate your, this is number two, restate your interest in the position, if applicable. So what I mean by that is, I have had many clients over the years that very quickly, either they realized that this was not the right job for them, or it was kind of mutually agreed upon that this was not the right fit. But yet they stayed with the interview. They they took the high road because, and I can't emphasize this enough, there's always opportunities down the road, right? So let's just say this job maybe is too senior for them or too junior for them. If they're impressed by you as a human being, as a candidate, as a fit culturally for their organization, there could be opportunities down the road. So you want to keep that interview at a high level, even if it's pretty obvious to one or both of you early on 
that this interview is, this job is not the right one for you. So when it is appropriate, you want to restate your interest in the position, but you don't want to lie. So you might say something like, thank you so much for your time. I was excited about this position at XYZ company before the interview, but after, now that we've had a chance to speak and I've learned more about X, I'm really even more interested in it. So something very um, customized, for lack of a better word, you have specifically stated what it is you're interested in or what has moved the needle for you in terms of your interest level during the interview. So that's number two, restate your interest if applicable. And then number three, you want to determine what the next step in the hiring process is. So I, so many clients, they get out to their car or they get home or they're talking to their significant other about the interview and the inevitable question comes up of what's next. And the, the candidate realizes that he or she has no idea what's next. So finding that out in the interview, A, allows you to manage your own expectations about what's going to happen, right? Because we tend to think the job search is going to go a certain way from this point forward. And usually we think it's going to move pretty quickly. And perhaps that's not the case at all. So knowing this information helps us to manage our own expectations. And it also allows us to interject ourselves into the hiring process at some future date. So what do I mean by that? So let's just say that the employer says, um, you know, you're interviewing on a Wednesday and they say, well, we've got two more candidates we're going to be interviewing this week and then we're going to meet next week to discuss who we want to bring back for second interviews. So if that's the scenario, you might say, would you mind if I called you or if I touched base, that's the term I like to use, if I touch base with you on Friday afternoon to see how things have progressed. I like this touched base thing because it leaves your options open for kind of contemplating before you pick up the phone or write the email or, I don't know, send the carrier pigeon. What's the best way to reach this individual? What, based on my interactions thus far with this person, what do I think is the best way to go? And then, of course, I can also, you know, craft that perfect message at that time. So I'm just going to say touch base and then hopefully they'll say, yeah, no problem. So again, the three things you want to do at the close of the interview, thank them for their time, restate your interest if applicable, and then number three, find out what the next step or steps are in the hiring process. So now let's talk about what do you do within, let's say, 24 hours of the interview. And the reason I say 20-ish, 24 hours, these are things that if you have an interview in the morning before lunch, let's say it, it finishes up before lunch, you have the opportunity, and I would recommend doing these things in the afternoon, so before close of business that same day. If your interview goes into the late afternoon, then we want to get that done before lunch the next day. So it really, in either case, isn't 24 hours, but I think 24 hours is the window that you could work with. So number one, you want to send thank you emails. Now, I want to be clear with the email piece because I, I get a lot of questions about that. And I think I think the ship has sailed in terms of the old school, which I am part of that old school that liked the handwritten thank you notes. And to be clear, I still like them. What I also recognize is that that's not practical with the speed of business all the time. So there are certain circumstances. I don't want you to take the handwritten thank you note out of the equation. I simply want you to recognize that it's not always practical. So I'll give you an example of how I used handwritten thank you notes that may work for you if you are so inclined. 
I had an interview. This has been, what, two decades ago? I had an interview up at a college in New Jersey, and I had brought my thank you notes. They were not, you know, engraved or anything. They were just nice, thick construction thank you notes. And I brought them with me in the plane, on the plane. And the night after the interview, I wrote out the thank you notes to all the people. There were several that I had interviewed with. It was a, a long, grueling day. And then I went around the campus that morning before the uh, courier, the, the valet picked me up, whatever you call it, the chauffeur, um, to take me to the airport. And I stuck them under the doors. I just shoved them under the, the office doors of the appropriate people. So I think I got a lot of bang. Now, did I get the job? No, but, um, you know, <laughs> that turned out to be a blessing in disguise. But the point is, I was able to figure out a way to use handwritten thank you notes. But for most of you, it's going to be an email. It's so important that you customize this email. You know, what did you, what did you like about the company? What do you think they seem to kind of latch onto about you that you can bring up in that thank you note? It's always very clear when a thank you note has been written before the interview, because it is, it has to be generic. It, it by its nature, you can't go into any specifics about something that hasn't happened yet. So if, for example, you have created a cut and paste thank you email that you're sending out to everybody that only the only customization you're doing is dear Bob or dear John, uh, then that's not going to be sufficient. So it might sound something like, dear Bob, thank you so much for the interview yesterday. I was particularly impressed by XYZ's company, company XYZ company's new initiative in China. I am excited about the role that I would play in that new initiative as a blah, blah. And it seems like my experience with blah is a really great fit. I look forward to hearing from you on or about whatever the date was that they mentioned that they would be in touch with you or, or something to the effect, something about the follow-up. So very short, sweet, and to the point, but very customized. So that's number one, send thank you notes or thank you emails. Number two, you want to send any additional information that the interviewer requested or that you kind of mentioned or volunteered during the interview. So something comes up and, and the interviewer says, could you send me a copy of that? Well, absolutely. You want to be right on top of that. Email, um, attach it, you know, send a brief little, a nice email. You could, in fact, do the thank you email and then, you know, hey, by the way, I've attached whatever document it is, and then just attach it so it's all in one email. Number three, you also want to send any supplemental information that might assist the hiring managers in making the decision. So maybe this was something that wasn't discussed in the interview. They didn't ask for it. You didn't bring it up. But after the fact, you thought, oh, I bet if I sent them that, that sheet on my sales growth, that would really help them. So I'm going to go ahead and attach that with a thank you note. Number four, if you haven't already connected with the interviewers on LinkedIn, then I want you to do that. Ideally, you would have already connected with them and perhaps even had a little bit of a of an email conversation back and forth before the interview. But if you haven't done that, or perhaps someone was in the interview that you didn't know was going to be there, you had, their name had not been mentioned ahead of time, then you want to connect with them again within that 24-hour time frame. Remind them that you just you interviewed with them, you know, so they know who you are. So those are the four things that I recommend you do within 24 hours, really less than 24 hours after the interview. Send thank you emails, send them anything they requested or that you offered during the interview, 
Number three, send them any additional information that you think would be useful in their hiring decision that wasn't discussed in the interview. And then number four, connect with any interviewers on LinkedIn that you haven't already connected with. So now let's talk about ongoing contact. So I, I get a lot of questions about after the interview, how much is too much? How should I approach this? That kind of thing. So I want to give you some tips for that. I think it's important to understand that it can be weeks or even months before a final decision is made, and especially if you don't ask that question in the interview about what the process is going to be, or even if you do and things don't go according to what they said they were expecting, it can be really easy for you to get in your own head about this and make up you know, stories. They've already hired somebody. They didn't like me, blah, blah, blah. So in the meantime, we want to stay in contact with the company, specifically kind of our point person at that company. So usually there's one person, it's often an HR assistant, who is shepherding the process through, and that's the person that you want to, in most cases, reach out to. So here are four things that you can do. Number one, you kind of just periodically want to check in with that primary contact. I recommend, depending on the circumstance, either weekly or every other week. And the circumstance is really what did they tell you, A, during the interview about the process, and then B, you know, what other intelligence do you have about how the process is going, you know, why it's taking the length of time that it's taking. So if this is really drawn out or it's been a while, every two weeks may be sufficient. And what do I mean when I say periodically check in? You're just saying, I want to let you know, I'm still looking, and we're going to talk about what happens if you get another offer in a minute, but let's just say you're still wide open. You're just letting them know you're still on the market, you're still available, you would still like to be considered for this position. Number two, you can also send some information about the company or the, the contact person or someone perhaps the CEO of the company that has been in the news. You want to make sure you don't overdo this because it might kind of look like pandering after a while. But let's just say that this has been going on for a couple months and you see this great article in your local newspaper or in a business journal or the USA Today, then you can make reference to that in the emails. I, I saw the the accolades that XYZ company got in USA Today this week, congratulations. So the important thing about this is you're not, you, you want to make sure that when you present this, you know, this congratulations, this kudos, that you're not sounding like you don't, you know, the employee of the company or the uh, the company doesn't know that they've gotten this award and only you know. You're just acknowledging what everybody knows. Everybody knows that we've gotten this award and I'm just really excited for you. So that's number two. If you have the opportunity to send a little information, you know, if it is a clip that they might not have seen, it's in your little local newspaper or your alumni journal or something, you know, saw that one of your employees was written up in the alumni journal. Um, I thought that you would like this. So that's a different situation where they may not have gotten their hands on that. But when it's in a big publication like the Wall Street Journal, they're going to have seen it. You're just acknowledging it. Number three, you want to let them know of any new achievements that you've made. So you've gotten a new credential, you've completed your something degree, you've gotten a certification, you got a kudos, a, an award at work. Let them know of that. That's information to help them down the road in making their hiring decision. And then finally, as I alluded to a moment ago, you want to let them know if you've received another offer. So they had the opportunity to, to keep you, to counter and get you, right? What I want you to think of in this scenario, this is a tough one for a lot of people, 
You are a valuable commodity. If you don't believe that, then you shouldn't be out job searching because you're going to, they're going to smell it, right? If you don't have that self-confidence. So you're a valuable commodity. And now in this scenario, there are multiple buyers for that commodity. So presumably this company that you've had one or more interviews with, let's call it XYZ company, is interested in you. As far as you know, you're still in the hopper. You've also interviewed with ABC Company, and now ABC Company has offered you a job. You have a solid offer, a bo we call it a bona fide job offer in hand. You know the facts of that offer. So at this point, what you want to do is think about the XYZ job that you've interviewed for. How interested in it are you? What do you know about the salary and compensation, the, you know, the hours, the working conditions, all of it? Is the XYZ company still a strong contender for you? If so, then you want to reach out to your contact at XYZ and let them know that you have another offer on the table, but you haven't accepted it yet. And before you do, you wanted to touch base. That's, again, the word I like to use. I wanted to touch base with XYZ company to see the status of the, um, of the blank, blank job, whatever the job title is. So what you're saying, and they're going to know exactly what you mean, is are, am I still a contender? And this, this kind of query tends to produce one of two very polar results. They'll either come right back and say, congratulations on the new job. Um, I'm excited for you. Hope it goes well, or something along those lines, which is essentially saying you're not a serious contender here. The other polar response would be, let me see what I can do. Can I get back to you by noon today or some, some pretty short timeline? Uh, and you can let them know when you, when you correspond with them, I'm going to talk to you about what you want to say and what you don't want to say. You can certainly say, I told them I'd let them know something by close of business on Friday. So I'm giving them an idea of when I would need an answer from them. So again, I tend to get pretty polar because they know that the option of stringing you along and, and dragging this out is no longer on the table, at least not for you. They know they're going to lose you as of Friday at five o'clock. And if they aren't considering you seriously, then they're, they're going to be okay with that. But if you are a top contender and they don't want to lose you, then they're going to go and kick it into high gear. So what do you say in this email? Dear Bob, you know, hope you're doing well. So whatever kind of salutation you want to give. I wanted to let you know I've received a job offer from another company in the Trenton area, right? So whatever, like give them a little bit of information. What you don't want to give them is the name of the company, the specific job title, or the salary, because that's information that they could use to against you in a, in a negotiation phase. They don't need to know what the, what the other job offer is or, or how high of a job title or not that you've accepted. So you would want to say something, I've accepted a job with a manufacturing company in Trenton, or I've received a job offer. Before I accept that, um, I wanted to touch base with you, so again, what I've already said. So give them a little bit of information so they know that you're not yanking their chain, but at the same time, you're not giving them any information that could be used kind of against you in the negotiation phase. So those four ongoing contact pieces, again, are number one, periodically check in either weekly or every other week, depending on what they told you at the interview, what else you've learned about the, the hiring process, the speed or the lack of speed with which they are moving. 
Number two, send them information about your contact, the company, perhaps key leaders in the company, just any kind of kudos, accommodations. Obviously, you would never point out anything negative, like, oh, I see you guys went into bankruptcy. Congrats. <laughs> that would be weird. So it's always positive stuff or neutral. Number three, let them know of any achievements that you've had, such as a new credential certificate, um, you got a new award at work, you, you've, some milestone has been accomplished. And then number four, you want to let them know if you receive another offer, if you are still very interested in what they have to offer. If you know, you know, ABC comes along, job offer, XYZ, you're like, eh, I'm, wasn't too excited about the XYZ job anyway, then you don't need to do this. This is only in the situation where you really are still very interested in XYZ company and you want to pursue that before. Because here's what you don't want to do, and people do it all the time, but I do not recommend it, is take the offer at ABC and then a week later, you maybe before you've even started, you rescind that offer because you go with XYZ. This could have all been avoided if you had reached out to XYZ, laid your cards on the table, and and also given yourself enough time and giving an answer to ABC Company that you didn't feel rushed. All right, I hope this all helps in terms of what do you do at the end, right after the interview, and ongoing until you either get the job offer, you get called for another interview, or they unfortunately tell you you were not selected. And uh, I'm going to see you guys next week. Take care. You've been listening to The Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.